Hello there. You're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? me again um come back at you from a apparent hiatus um <clears throat> excuse me my voice is still a little bit shaky turns out and i don't know if you guys knew this but i'm gonna fill you in that if you don't record a podcast they don't just get posted automatically which is i thought an obvious thing but clearly they don't just go. <laughs> so it has been a little bit since I had my last one posted. So this is coming from you guys. I was out of town and I wasn't feeling great. And then I recorded one. And in the process of recording it, the content got a little sideways to where I needed to actually ask my wife. I'm like, hey, are you good if I share this? Because I don't ever want to you know, put her in a situation or us in a situation that would make her uncomfortable. That's not the point of this. The heart behind this is what God's doing. And she said no. Um, not because of what I said was bad, but because it didn't fully explain the context to, to what it was. And so because of that, I am now recording this podcast. And we have to address the elephant in the room in my life that I didn't touch on. I kind of touched on a little bit in my testimony, but I really haven't. Um, and that's going to be pornography. I think pornography is one of the biggest plagues in the Christian walk right now. It is brutal. People don't put it in the category that needs to be put in. And it is a it is just an absolute killer of things. And so I kind of wanted to walk through my process and my, not my process, but my history with and what I've done with pornography and why I think that's important to the context of, of how we move forward in this. So yeah, <laughs> here we, here we go. Um, I was exposed to pornography. My brother and I both were, I think at the same time, we were very little, like very young. We happened upon a video a cassette back in the day of some shenanigans you know found it we assume it was my dad's i'm i would bet everything it was he's not here to defend himself so sorry dad um but we found it we watched it and we were very young i'm talking about like before kindergarten or like in that ballpark you know what i mean and it just landed for me like i didn't know what I was watching, but I know I liked it. I enjoyed the the shapes. I enjoyed, I just, I, I, yeah, yeah. It, it immediately fired off in my brain all the right sensors. Didn't know what I was watching, but I knew I liked it. Couldn't tell you why. Couldn't articulate it. Couldn't say anything else, but I knew I liked what I was watching. And it hypersexualized me when I was young. Uh, yeah, it's basically the only, only way to say it is that 
I started fooling around with some of the girls in the neighborhood and I'm in, you know, kindergarten, first grade. Like I am, so I have no concept of what I'm doing. I'm just kind of mimicking some of the stuff that I had seen and witnessed, you know what I mean? Like, hey, we're doing some kissy face and maybe you kiss here, I kiss there, but Bob, you know, all that's like so crazy. I can't believe like it's just nuts. And again, not knowing what I'm doing, no no reaction to it physically except for what it was doing mentally. Like I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing this and it was wrong and that's the part I really liked was that I'm doing something wrong, which ended up being a consistent theme for like the rest of my life. <laughs> not the rest of it, there was stuff. But for the foreseeable future at that point in time, like the tabooness of something, the wrongness of something. That was the one that kind of like, that's what kind of like, you know, drove, drove the engine a little bit. And so I just kind of leaned into that. And then of course, you know, middle school, you find friends that have magazines. And this is back in the day when like print was still a leader in the industry, like magazines were a thing, you know, this is like the eighties um, for all you new cats that don't even know what a magazine is, but in the 80s and then like so then like in the 90s like middle school I, I started you know again I was born in 80 so like like anytime you could see something and then of course like you know Cinemax Showtime HBO all those late night stuff watching those in middle school into high school and then you find you know if you're looking for those things you always find it it's like if you're looking for something where there's a will there's a way and you find people that have some tapes or blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, you're watching those. And I just, I don't think people understand. And I surely did not of what that does to your mapping in your brain. Like how you, it just flips where your brain fires off. And what is an exciting thing versus not an exciting thing versus, you know. I started looking at women from that perspective of just like the act was the focus, not them. I, I can, I, I it's, it, it's a bummer to say, but I was a heartless dude. I was never mean, but I think I was actually cruel because I knew I never cared about anybody, like female wise. Like I, I, ne I cared about my friends. I cared about, you know, certain things and where I, you know, would like some people, but like with regards to that, it was almost always a transactional thing. Um, it was, I want to do an act and that was it. Beyond that, I didn't care. And if I had to be charming or whatever to succeed in that, that was going to happen. And then, but once the act was over, that was it. The transaction was done. I was out. Like I, I, I no longer cared. And it made me just, you know, I mean, awful, clearly, just saying it out loud. It's just such a bummer to hear, but it's the truth. That's how I was. I was, I was, I was just, man, I was, <sighs> and the whole time I would still call myself a Christian. Isn't that crazy? Like the lie we tell ourselves about our behavior, you know, I, obviously that behavior doesn't default me from being a Christian, but like, what kind of Christian was I, you know, what kind of Christian could I have been? if pornography was a big part of my day and then like fooling around with girls. But like, because I wasn't at this time in my life, this is high school, let's say, I wasn't having sex. You know, I wasn't doing any of that. So that, therefore I'm a good guy, you know? Like, oh, I'm a good guy, look at me. Oh my gosh, I'm such a, <sighs> it's so weird to, to know that you're just such a dirtbag. But I was. Um, 
So we, we get through that phase and then I, 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 again, I'm not, it wasn't as readily available. So I didn't lean all the way in fast forward to Las Vegas, right? So I'm in Las Vegas and I tell people there's a difference between something that you enjoy and an addiction. I really enjoyed drugs. I enjoyed them. They felt great. I mean, it was masking depression and everything else, but I enjoyed how I felt on them. But I never couldn't say, I could say no to them whenever. I enjoyed drinking, you know what I mean? I enjoyed, you know, going and doing, um, you know, whatever, hanging out with friends. I was addicted to cigarettes, gambling, and pornography. Those three things, those three things I did regardless of if I wanted to or not. I did them. I could not not do them. So I smoked every day, I gambled anytime I had money, and I watched pornography daily. Like it was a, a thing. And I realized the more I watched pornography, like pornography is just like any other drug. Like what, what starts out as a little dab will do ya becomes a, you need more and more and more. And for me, it was like, you know, you needed more stimulation, more stimulation, more stimulation. And I became to like what was exciting back when I was in you know kindergarten <laughs> was nowhere near. It was boring. It was mundane. It was nothing in comparison to where I was at my current state, like in my 30s, you know. And so as I'm going down this journey, I realize now looking back on like the more I leaned into pornography, the more distant and less connected I was to people. I, I just didn't have any true, like I, all my relationships were transactional. Every single, like most of them were all transactional. There were people I really cared about, but like it really was this, there was just a barrier between me and them. And like, I go back, it was like pornography. Pornography seemed very transactional. Like I didn't know those people. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't, you know, but I would watch them. I would, you know, and it was, I was, I'd started, then I started treating like, like the girls I was dating that way. It was all, there was nothing there. I was so heartless. So there was just nothing. And it's funny. Cause like I was a kid, I not, this is not an excuse of how I behave clearly, but like, it's funny when like you look back and as you're a kid, you're like, man, yeah. Like I was never, I always felt loved as a kid. I grew up in a love, like, you know, in a loving household, I believe in terms of like, I knew my mom and dad loved me. I knew my mom and dad loved me. I just never got any affection. Like I grew up in, in an, in an uh, affection, affectionless house. How, how come, it's so weird when I, you can't say words sometimes. They just, your mouth gets all marbly and you, can't, <laughs> and you can't do it. I'm all hopped up on beet juice and turmeric. So maybe that's the reason. Um, so I, I, I kind of had an affectionless house. So all that, that, I never had a, a basis and an example of intimacy. And it was something that I didn't realize, but definitely played me. Like I never had intimacy throughout all my relationships in like high school. Like I, I never once, there was never any connection. No person ever got close to having my heart or being someone who was, I cared about more than myself. I, I always said it that way too. I'm like, oh, I'll know I care about someone when they're more important than I am. And that would be my friends. That would be, you know, my family. But like when it came to anything outside of that, zero. Like I was as cold as they come. 
which worked out great in a lot of ways. Uh, <laughs> side note, being a sociopath. Um, at work, I'm very analytical. I've, I, you know, I'm very much process things as what they are. I don't take things personally uh, for the most part. I'm again, sometimes you, you, you do, but like I'm very good at putting a thing in a box and dealing with that box and not having it be something that's personal. Like I, like, you know, like firing people, for instance, I've had to do a lot of that in my life and I'm very good at it because I didn't fire you. I'm just the one letting you know your decisions fired you. I'm just here to inform you of your decisions and the consequences. So that would be the same thing with like relationships. Like I'm like, I don't want to be with you. Um, I've said that from the beginning. You thought I did, or you thought you could change my mind by being cool to me, but I'm, I'm the worst. So that's not going to work. And I don't want to be with you. And I would just, I would, yeah, I wasn't a heartbreaker, but oh, man, golly, I was mean. I was cold and ruthless. It was brutal. So I say that. So I, I, I fast forward to, you know, getting out of Vegas and I'm moving back. And I, again, I'm trying to walk my faith out and getting back into the Lord and, and, and those things. And I start just um, trying to put pornography away. But I, I couldn't, you know, I would still slip up here and there. But again, I was like telling myself because I'm not it better for me to go, you know, exercise the demons if I do that, watch pornography rather than going out and hooking up with someone again, like, you know, just like my weakness to my own flesh is a consistent theme in my reality, which is a whole different story. But like that was, I, I was lying to myself again, like, oh, this is probably the better option. This is the lesser of two evils to watch this than it is to go and like go out and do something. It's like, there's no difference. Like, what do we, who, who says that? Someone trying to justify their actions, that's who. And that was me. So I was doing that. And then I meet my wife and I, I love my wife. But for her, obviously, in any wife, obviously, pornography is a no bueno. Like, what are we talking about? Um, and so once I started dating her and everything else, boom, I turned it off. I, I honestly did. I turned it off. And I thought... Thank you, Lord. Like the Lord had redeemed me from gambling. The Lord had redeemed me from uh, smoking. I quit all those things. And now I've quit pornography. And I'm like, yes, like, oh, yes, thank you. But that's when I got married. The attacks, the mental attacks that started after I got married, I, I can't even explain constantly being bombarded with memories, constantly being bombarded with what I used to watch and like my past life and everything else in the worst timing. Like like it was affecting the intimacy with my wife because I didn't want to be with my wife if I could not mentally be with my wife. You know, like I, I felt like I was cheating because I'm trying to be intimate, but all these thoughts are running around my head and it was just insane. And it caused a massive and like to the point like, like we're still healing from it massive problem with us because the intimacy was so askewed because I was just, I, I was, I was anxious. I was terrified of it and I didn't want to deal with it. So I'd rather not do anything than, than have to fight these battles. And, and that was literally the, the, the lane I took. And it was awful, awful. Like when I'd be with my wife and we'd be walking anywhere, like like because there was a serious gap in our intimacy that it caused insecurities, clearly. And I love my wife. I don't want to be with anybody but my wife, but 
obviously if you're not, you know, you're not fulfilling that part of your marriage, like there's going to be suspicions or doubts or what have you. And for good reason, you know what I mean? And, you know, I could talk about some other mistakes that I've made in our relationship that would cause her to like, you know, not trust me in terms of, you know, stuff I was watching on TV or on YouTube or, you know, uh, statements I had made that were like, oh, dude, side, side note, don't ever lie to someone you're dating about if you have or have not hooked up with someone that you're still friends with. Um, side note, I did that. Just I used to th- I used to speak so flippantly, like I would just say things just to get past the situation and never have to worry about circling back to that. And my wife is the exact opposite. Every word gets written down and notated and never forgotten. And when we first started dating, she asked me about some people that, you know, were in my life still. Hey, is there anything between you guys? And I'm like, no. And obviously she was asking, had there ever been? And I was looking for a way out of that. So I said, no, we're just, you know, friends. And that was not the truth. Like there, there had been some, some history there. And I lied about it. Because at the time we're dating and I feel like, well, you know, you don't need to know that type situation. I, well, I I was being a rude person again, but I also didn't want to make an awkward situation. I was trying to avoid social awkwardness, but really I was trying to like not wrap myself out. Um, And, you know, yeah. So lied, totally lied, lied to my, what, who, what would be my wife? The time is, you know, someone I'm dating, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you want to call that. And it came back to haunt me Um, to where like, again, like being attacked with memories and and, and history and pornography, this was an attack. I kept getting an attack and attack and attack from these things. And I actually had to confess that to my wife. It was put on me big time. Like, hey, I need to get this out in the open. I can't keep, these are the memories that keep happening. And it was brutal. It hurt her. not because I brought it to her, but because I had lied to her. You know what I mean? Like, like, like we, my wife is a saint on so many levels when it comes to the stuff that she's tolerated that I've done. Like, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't even say it. After, after we were watching, uh, I, I gave it pornography, right? Um, I would be, I don't know how I didn't say it. I'd be watching like, you know, YouTube and like stuff like that. And I would randomly start watching YouTube videos of girls doing like innocuous things like yoga or gymnastics or blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, like, so I could tell my wife, honestly, I know I'm not watching pornography and I could say that, but the spirit of what I was watching was the same spirit, like awful, awful stuff. Like, and I wasn't watching it to like, you know, like how you would watch pornography. I was not watching it that way, just so we can clarify. However, it's like, why was I even watching it? And if you ask me to this day why, I could not tell you. I could not tell you why. It was, that was just, you know what I mean? Like I would just, I would just go into YouTube spirals and I like, oh, and you know, and I wasn't even like trying to hide it from my wife or any of that stuff. I, I and she found out. This was like very, 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 very early on in our marriage. Like very, very early on, like. Like, like very early it was so brutal and you know she's in my office going to my computer and next thing you know i she's like just comes in like what is this blah 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 like sends me a text with like what are these things and i'm like oh my gosh and she is devastated and i mean 
devastated because here she's believing me when I tell her that I'm not watching stuff, but here I am watching this stuff. And I've never, again, I, I, I say this so understand the heart of this. I've never physically cheated on my wife and, and nor will I and all those things. And in that moment, I felt like I had. And because the spirit of it was pretty similar. You know what I mean? Like I, like if we're being in the letter of the law, like if you've ever lusted in your heart, it's like, well, all right, well, yeah. Like I was watching those videos for the wrong spirit. And it devastated her. It devastated her. And I, oh my gosh, I, I cannot begin to, I, even right now, it breaks me. Her thinking about her face in that moment. And I'm thinking for sure we're getting, that's it. This is it. She's, she's leaving me. You know what I mean? Like we've only been married for like a minute and she like, here I am. Like, I'm like, how did I get here? How did I get in this situation? Like, I'm not, like, I mean, how did I get here? And, oh my gosh, it was so bad. Um, and so we, we, we had to, like a lot of prayer, a lot of forgiveness on her part. And a lot of me, like I turned off YouTube, turned off social media. I turned off, I, I started removing it. If your eye caused you to sin, pluck it out. Like I lived that. I started casting it like, like anything that was one of those things, like TV shows, you name it, I got rid of it, you know? And which is why like for a long time, my wife was very, it gave her anxiety if I was on my phone. She just assumed I was on YouTube and assumed I was watching those videos, you know, cause I lied to her. So of course she would assume that. And then comes the, um, this memory I have, like I have to claim, tell her like, hey, I need to tell you about what's the battles I'm fighting. And another one where like I lied to her about something that was so dumb, but I lied to her. And so this is two times in my marriage that was not that old, you know, that I I had end up by not on purpose, but just by my sheer stupidity and actions had lied to my wife twice about things regarding sexual content, right? Which is easily the worst thing to lie. You know, I don't know if there's a worse thing, but man, it doesn't get much worse. You know, and I've been on the road to recovery in our relationship ever since because I, I, I'm the one that planted those seeds. Now, granted, she's forgiven me and all that. And there's a lot to be said on her side about forgiveness and, and like the grace God's given her. But I'm the one that, that hurt her. Like it was my behavior, my decisions, my statements, my words, my actions that causes grief. And it all was from pornography. Like, like I'm not blaming pornography, but you know what I mean? Like, like it was that mindset and those, those things. And so when I started really having to figure out my identity, <coughs> like who's I am in Christ, everything else, that's when I started just like, just, just swearing by Romans 12 too, like, you know, renewing of your mind. Um, Second Corinthians 10, five and six, taking every thought captive to, be, to the obedience of Christ. I had to get militant and I mean militant about my thoughts. Any moment that I was being attacked. And I was being attacked all the time. Day, night, sleeping, it didn't matter. Constantly being attacked by the enemy of these thoughts and these ideas. I had to start claiming every thought and taking every thought into captivity. And I would declare it. Every time I was conscious of a thought I was having that I knew was an attack from the enemy, I would absolutely quote that. I'm taking this thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This is not who he says I am. This is not my thought. I didn't want it. I repented for it. I apologized. I asked for forgiveness and I gave it to God. And I was relentless in my dedication to that. To this day, I'm relentless 
when it comes to having thoughts in my mind. If I, for the moment I catch myself having a thought that is not supposed to be there, repentance. For, uh, uh, claiming these scriptures, like I am renewing my mind. That is not what I do. And you can only renew your mind if you're putting something in there new, which is like getting in the word and scriptures and everything else. But there is a taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Like that was the thought. Like I need to punish these thoughts. Enemy, you're being punished for trying to attack me with these thoughts. You are keeping me from intimacy with my wife. You are keeping me from these things because these thoughts have reigned over me right now because of what I've allowed. And so I actually had to go through like inner healing and like get some, it's amazing what God can do when you truly dive into what he has for you. But I had to start taking every thought captive, renewing my mind with his words, saying who he is. And that has been the journey on that I'm, you know, still on. Um, I don't have any pornography issues. I, you know, thank the Lord that I've been completely healed from that. I don't have attacks anymore at all. Um, every, you know, I mean, like, 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 I can't even begin to tell you the night and day difference it is when your mind is no longer being plagued, when your mind is in a, in a place of freedom and that you can be in the Lord, you can be in the word, you can be with friends, you can be places and not having to like quietly shut your brain down like oh stop 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 like like the, the freedom on the other side of that and so that was what my struggle has been one of them obviously you know i'm not i'm not i've got a long ways to go on a lot of different things but one of my big struggles was pornography and like i feel like pornography for the church like the ecclesia for men women in general is brutal and we don't know what kind of fire it is we don't know how much it burns like it is treacherous what it does to your mind what it just warps it and taints it and i'm someone now like my gosh i can't begin to describe how much i if i could go back and do it over obviously change so many things but that would be the first thing like that would be the first thing like the tentacles that got in me how i treated women how i treated people like how my priorities changed like the the, the, the where I would my my value sets would go like it all had its roots from that first video I saw when I was in kindergarten or however old I was and it just like that's how easy it is that's how easy it is to get infected with these things and then I let it run for so long and I the stronghold that it had on me thinking that that was who I was like you know the lie that you believe like oh you want it like like going back to those videos or going back to those thoughts the 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 enemy was always like oh this is the real you this is the real you you'll never be able to be with your wife you'll never be able to be without these thoughts you'll never blah 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 that was like a, the lie that was constantly being yelled at me and it took me a long time not long you know moderately long time to really understand that that was not true like like to to stand on my principles to stand on what the lord says about me and to clear my mind, renew my mind with his word, renew my mind with the, his promises, renew my mind with his righteousness. And wow, the freedom on the other side of that. And I know I'm not the only one that struggles with pornography in the church. I've, I've seen plenty of people. And so many people take it casually. Like like even watching movies with nudity or anything else. It's like, why? What, what do you, you know what I mean? Like don't invite any of that into your life. I, granted, I'll be the first to tell you that my wife and I, we are militant about what we watch now. And for obvious reasons, I've, I've, I've made it known that this is an issue for me. 
and I don't want to go anywhere near it. Like I don't even want to tempt. I don't. I don't even want to see a magazine that's talking about bathing suits. You know what I mean? Like I. I am that person. I want to be so far removed from anything remotely close to that because I know that's where I had a weakness. And I, you know, it's like someone who's, who's quit smoking. Like you don't want to be around smokers because why would you invite that into your world again? Same thing with this. Like I don't want to be anywhere near it. But I'm so thankful that my mind is clear. I'm so thankful that my mind has, has been just completely renewed. And I get to keep renewing it with his word and keep renewing it with him and the things he has for me and getting to focus on that. And so pornography was a huge part of my life and it affected a lot of that. But being past that, I'm no longer that person. The identity that comes from being on the other side of it, that is... Uh, if you're in this situation, it does exist. The freedom from it exists. The the the, the freedom from all that ugh, ugliness, that darkness, it exists. Um, and I'm I'm living proof of it. You know, I'm absolutely walking, talking, living proof of someone who has fallen short, but by grace has been forgiven, and then by pursuing Him has been redeemed. Restoration of my mind, restoration of my heart, restoration of my marriage, restoration of everything that I have in my life right now because of his goodness. And so that was what this is about. Um, I hope you like it. I know it's a little bit personal again, but this is what God kind of, I felt like this is what I need to talk about so I can start talking about other things and have perspective about, you know, what I've battled through again. So that was it. Hopefully your next episode won't be out in such a long distance of time, but you guys have a great one and bye. You have been listening to a sub church podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't.